Welcome to the Impact Church Podcast. Glad you're with us today. It's a great day. We're having a baptismal service. So we're going to talk about baptism in water. It's not about just getting wet. It's a powerful living dynamic in your life. You're going to want to know more about it. Come on, listen in with me right now. I'm going to talk quickly about baptism. And, uh, you know, if you folks haven't changed or ready to be baptized. I know this is about baptism. We've shared with you baptisms. So you're ready to go. But if you need to get changed before you get, you know, baptized and immersed in water, you can go do that now. Use one of the bathrooms and just get yourself ready to be baptized. If you're ready, hang tight. Just going to go quickly. I got five imperatives for baptism. Are you ready? Five imperatives. Number one, right out of Acts chapter 2, 37 to 41, it says, repent and be baptized, every one of you. Every one of you. Repent and be baptized, Everyone, everyone. I mean, it's a direction from the Lord. Mark 16, 6 says, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. So believers get baptized. That's what they do. Now, baptism is not a ritual to be performed, but it is a dynamic that must be a present day continuous reality. It is not a ritual. It's not like I got saved, gave my life to Jesus, so I did the ritual and I got wet. It's not about getting wet. It's about a dynamic revelation of baptism that you're following through with, and you're doing it with intention and on purpose because you understand the revelation of it. So go and make disciples of all nations. Go and make disciples of all nations. Every people group, all nations, make disciples as as baptizing them. So baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Baptize them. The word baptize means to immerse, to submerge, to bathe, to overwhelm to pickle, to produce a permanent change. Now, baptize is actually a Greek word. It's the one of the words in the Bible. There's a few, but it's a word that we never translated into English. We left it as a Greek word. And you see, the Greek word says to absolutely submerge, to submerge for transition, to submerge for transformation, to submerge to make an absolute change. Just like pickle. Here's some cucumbers. Here's some pickles. They may look the same, but this one's been submerged. It's been saturated. It's been soaked. It's been baptized in some spices and some juice and some herbs and vinegar. And these are just, the the whole nature of these is totally changed. There's a complete change in nature. These are totally different than these because they've been submerged. It's not a little sprinkle will do you. It's a submerging. It is a, baptized means to put fully under, so submerge in water. So it's not just getting wet. It's an identification and a union. It's identifying with the life, the death, the burial, the resurrection, and the ascension of Jesus. Jesus Christ. It's where you take responsibility that I have been brought in absolute union. I am now one spirit with God. I don't have one nature that's warring against another nature. In baptism, I have been brought into absolute union with Christ. I am one spirit with God. And God cannot be one spirit with an unholy spirit. He can't unite himself with an unholy spirit. And see, you've been born again from above. You've been made holy. You've been made absolutely righteous, sanctified, so that you can come into absolute absolute union with God. I know some people teach progressive sanctification, but it's not biblical. You've been once and for all sanctified, glorified, set apart, and you've been brought into union. He cannot unite himself with something that's unholy. He can't. It's unbiblical. It's it's undoable. God completely transforms you, and this is a manifestation of your union with him. 1 Peter 3.21, in the message, it says, 
The waters of baptism do that for you, not by washing away dirt from your skin, but presenting you through Jesus in his resurrection before God with a clear conscience. He was talking about Noah in the days of Noah. It says, when the floods came, they were in Noah. They were baptized through the waters in Noah in that ark. They were identified in that ark, and they were saved through the waters because of their identification. He's saying, in the same way, that's the same thing for you. He says, that was an anti-type of the reality of you being in Christ. See, you're not on the outside of the ark hanging on, I hope I make it. You're in the ark. You're in Christ. Once and for all, you're in Christ. And when you're in Christ, inside the ark, you could fall down a few times, but you can't fall out. You might fall down when you're in Jesus. The righteous fall seven times, but they get up again. You see, when you're in Christ Jesus, you are saved. You are one spirit with him, sanctified, made holy in Jesus' name. Hey, I got to go quick, but I'm enjoying myself. Man, I mean, I've been to many, many. I've been to every continent in the world except for Antarctica, Antarctica, Antarctica. And I didn't need to go save any penguins. But, you know, I've been in baptismal services all over the world. And baptism's a big deal in third world countries. In Brazil, witch doctors come to the beach and they say, if you get baptized, I'll curse you. And they try to keep people from being baptized. In Nepal, for many, many years, you can accept Jesus, but you get baptized, they'll throw you into jail. In India, even today, to get baptized, you have to sign an affidavit with a lawyer and you have to register with the government that you're changing your faith. And they scrutinize that, and they want to make sure, and they will, they will go to make sure that you were not intimidated or you were not forced against your will. So you have, to, you have to fill out forms, register with the government that you're changing your faith, and no one coerced you. No one did that. They make it really, really hard to get baptized. In India, first time I was in India, I had a huge crowd, and I asked how many wanted to save Jesus. Put up your hand. And the whole crowd did. And I went, I'm an evangelist. I'm a man of God. I got the anointing. Look at this stuff. And the pastor said to me, oh, the same people get saved every night. I said, what? I said, oh, yeah, giving your life to Jesus. That's easy in India because they'll serve every single God. We got hundreds of thousands of them. So they threw Jesus in the mix, and that's good. But you tell them get baptized in water, the hands will go down. Because baptism is a big deal. We treat it in North America like, oh, you accepted Jesus, you're just going to get wet. It's all nice, little ceremony. This is a powerful living dynamic in your world. You've been made one with Christ, set apart with him, identified with him. The world has been broken off you in every single way. You are brought into the witness protection program. The devil don't even know where you are because you are hidden in Christ Jesus, set apart from everything that the world can do. Hey! All right, I got to go. Cheryl's going to wave at me when I've gone 15 minutes. Just shut me down. Just give the hard close. Hard close. There's a fellow, William Park, he's a, a church historian, and this was recent history in uh, Detroit, Detroit City. Uh, the Ford Motor Company, a guy got saved, and he embraced the invitation to get baptized. He said, after I was baptized, something so radically changed my life that he'd been systematically stealing parts and tools out in his lunchbox and other areas, wanted to build himself his own car at home. So he was systematically taking tools and car parts and taking them home. But when he got baptized, he said something so affected his life that he just said, man, I, not only can I not do that anymore, I, I can't even look at this stuff in my home. I'm taking it all back. So he shows up back at work one day, and he's got all this stuff, and he asked the foreman to come out. He says, look, I'm really sorry. I please ask you to forgive me, but I, I've stolen all these parts from the Ford Motor Factory. 
So Henry Ford was over in Europe, and so they weren't quite sure what to do. So they, they sent him a telegram and said, you know, this is what's happened with one of the employees. He's come back with like a, a truckload of stuff that he stole, and we wonder what we should do. Here's what Henry Ford said. Here's what he said. And they also said he got baptized in church, and now he says because he's baptized, he's returning everything. Here's what Henry Ford said in response. You ready? He said, dam up the Detroit River and baptize the whole city. I mean, that's good. Let me read it again. Dam up the Detroit River and baptize the whole city. Hey, I tell you, because you know what? Baptism is a transformational dynamic, and it's living in my life. I remember every day that I'm a baptized believer. I'm, I've been set apart to Jesus. I went through the waters of baptism, just like when I accepted him as my Savior. See, a fully initiated believer, do you have to be baptized to go to heaven? No, you can accept Jesus, and you can go to heaven. But to be a fully initiated believer, it says, it says receive Jesus embrace him, believe on him, repent, and it says be baptized in water and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. There's a whole package. It's, it's, it's three baptisms there. Baptism by the Spirit into the body of Christ. Baptism by the church as an ordinance into, into, Jesus, into, the, into Jesus. And then there's Jesus who baptizes us in the Holy Ghost, and there's that baptism in the Holy Spirit. You know, I wouldn't want to be going around with only one part of my inheritance, I'd want to be moving with the full package and full understanding and full revelation of what it is to be a child of God. Number one imperative. Number one, it's a personal command to be obeyed. Personal. Every person. You've got to do it for yourself. I didn't get baptized for my whole family. I got baptized. My wife got baptized. My kids got baptized. Every person made their own choice. And that's why when it is a choice, when it's an independent choice, repent means to think differently. Repent means I received a revelation, and now in light of that revelation, I'm going to act. And I'm going to act on what I understand. That's why we don't do it with infants, because it's hard for a baby to say, hey, Jack, I want to get baptized. I know some traditions have things a bit different, but uh, we take baptismal literally. You got to get soaked. You got to get, you know, fully immersed. And you, you have to choose it because it's a personal responsibility. Acts 2.38 says, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It says, repent, be baptized, every one of you, and then receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So there's access. There's an openness now to the baptism of the Spirit. Now, in the Bible, people got baptized in the Spirit before they got baptized in water. When, uh, when they're preaching at Cornelius' house, Peter was preaching, and it says the Spirit fell on them, and they were all baptized. How were they baptized? It says, just like us in the Acts chapter 2. He says, just like at Pentecost, these guys received the Holy Spirit the same way. What did they receive? They received a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. It says, then they were baptized in water. So clearly, it's another experience altogether. Now, they can happen in different ways. I mean, the fellow on the cross, he accepted Jesus, and Jesus said, just a minute, let me pop these nails out, get you down, bow. No, he said, today you're going to be with me in paradise. So it's not about, you know, you got to have all these steps you're not in. It's about understanding these different aspects of our salvation and of our inheritance so we walk in the fullness of what God has for us. So be baptized, every one of you, and it's there where you're opened up to the Holy Spirit. Paul Harvey. How many remember Paul Harvey? You remember? And now, the rest of the story. How many remember that? You're really old. <laughs> How many have never heard of Paul Harvey and the rest of the story? All right. 
It's, it was pretty awesome. I used to listen to it on the radio all the time. He had great stories. But Paul Harvey said this about being baptized. He said, to my surprise, I found myself going forward. The preacher had said, there's nothing magic in the water. Yet as I descended into the depths and I rose again, I knew something changed. Something had happened. Something changed. Something had happened. There was a cleansing on the inside out. No longer did there seem to be two uncertain contradictory Paul Harveys. Just one. Just one immensely happy one. I felt the fulfilling surge of the Holy Spirit into my life. Hey. And now the rest of the story. All right. So baptism, a powerful, powerful dynamic. Third thing, it's a call to identify with Jesus. In Romans 6, it says, do you not know that many of us, as we were baptized into Jesus, we were baptized into his death? Don't you know that? Don't you know that? Do you not know that you were baptized into his death? He died, you died. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. And just as Jesus was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. For if we had been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be united together in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, do you know this? See, Paul talked about knowing this. It's revelational. You got to know this. Our old man was crucified with him that the body of sin might be done away with, that you're no longer a slave to sin. For he who died has been freed from sin. You're not a slave to sinning. I'm a baptized believer. I was baptized unto his death. I am dead to sin. I'm no longer a slave to sin. It's not even about sin anymore. I'm a slave to righteousness. Hallelujah. And that's the truth about baptism. And yet we do baptism and then we have people come week after week for sin management courses. Come again next week and we'll learn to manage your sin a bit more. You manage your sin when you identify with Jesus. You died to sin. So the thing we died to, we're going to keep talking about that every week? Well, of course. How silly is that? Here's what I want to tell you about sin. You are dead to sin. It no longer reigns over you. You've been set free from sin. You're not two natures struggling inside. You are one with Christ Jesus. And the Son has set you free forever. Forever. And it's actually clearly laid out in the Bible. It is. It really, really is. Oh, praise God. Can I get a praise God? I love where, do you remember when they went through the waters with Joshua and they entered into the promised land? They entered into their inheritance? That's a type of us entering into the fullness of God. What I love about it is it says the waters, when they parted for Jericho, because it was a river, it wasn't a sea, it was a flowing river, it says the waters were stopped. The water stopped flowing. And listen to this now. It says the waters in Joshua 3, 14 to 17, it says and the waters pushed all the way back. They backed up all the way to a place called Adam. The waters went all the way back to a place called Adam. What does that mean? When you go through those waters right there, everything, all the way back to Adam, everything that was pushed into your DNA because of the fall of Adam. Because you read your Bible, it says there's two types of people, in Adam and in Christ. See, now when you get baptized, you're taken from Adam and you're placed in Christ and everything that might have been placed on you, every generational issue, everything in your DNA that says you've got a disposition towards diabetes. You know what? Boom. It doesn't just go through your papa and his papa and everybody else's papa, but it goes back all the way through every single papa and it goes all the way back to Adam and you are completely set free from everything that's been inherited by you naturally and you now get to inherit every blessing 
The Lord bless you and may you be at peace. What does peace mean? Whole. Nothing missing, nothing lacking, completely put together, whole in Jesus' name. Are you blessed? All the way to Adam. Number four, if you're counting, number four. Cheryl should be waving at me right away. All right. A circumcision to be performed. It says you're circumcised. Jesus comes. It's not a circumcision with hands. We all understand circumcision. But you see, it says there's a circumcision of the spirit. It says Jesus comes and he peels away everything that is not of God. Anything in you that's been placed on you that is not from him. It does not have anything to do with your identity and promise from God. He circumcises your heart and he makes you sanctified, set apart, pure and holy in him. So there's a sanctification sanctification performed so he cuts away every carnal tendency it's all cut away he presents you you're dead to trespasses it says you colossians 2 11 to 15 it says you are being you and now are dead to your trespasses and the uncircumcised your flesh he has made you alive with him having forgiven all trespasses how many it says you're brand new how many all oh, all oh. yeah until you sin again right no Past, present, and future, once and for all time, Hebrews chapter 10, 10, 10, 14, read that, once and for all time, he has delivered you from sin. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, if you keep telling people that, they'll sin again. No, you won't. They'll understand their freedom and they'll start living out of their righteousness. Once you know the truth, know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Ha! Or the other thing is Abraham, he was circumcised. When Abraham was circumcised, before that he had a promise. He had the promise 25 years early. But when he was circumcised, suddenly he was able to perform the promise. And he brought about a son. When man was peeled away, he was able to operate in the grace of God. His name was changed from Abram to Abraham. What was added, the fifth word of the Hebrew alphabet, hey, God's grace was added to his life at that time, and the grace of God brought about the promise in his life. Does anybody get me? Does anybody feel me? I mean, baptism is a big, big deal. It's a big deal. So it's a, it's a circumcision to be performed, and the last thing, it's a freedom to be appropriated. It's a freedom to be appropriated because you're free from every bit of bondage. In 1 Corinthians, it says that all that was written in the old covenant was written for us. And it says that we, brethren, it says we do not be unaware because all your fathers were under the cloud. They passed through the sea. It says they were all baptized into Moses. And it was a type, again, it was an anti-type of being baptized into Jesus. What's beautiful about this story is that when they went through, they went through on dry ground, but then all of a sudden they looked back and every enemy of their soul was pursuing them. Listen, how many have a past? How many got some things you're not proud of? How many got some things that might, you know, come back up and the enemy throws them in your face says you should be ashamed? Here's them, they had a past. They had a past that kept them in bondage. They had a past that, that they feared. They had a past of slavery and these were nasty people. And Pharaoh decided, why did I let them go? And he came after them. And you know, the enemy's like, I'm not letting you go. But you need to know once and for all that when you're baptized, he is done. When you're baptized, he's cut off. Because it says, here's what happened. It was done on purpose. They went through those waters so that they could turn around. And Moses put out his rod and the waters came back. And every enemy of their soul they saw washed up on the beach. Everything that could possibly pursue you and try to drag you back into a hopeless life of slavery. When you do this with revelation and you don't just get wet, but you do it with an understanding that he's setting you free. He's bringing you into his freedom and you'll never be enslaved again because he is able to keep you and keep everything you've committed to him forever and ever. You are a child of God.
And you got to know that. You got to walk in that. And you have to understand that. So I'm going to wrap it up right there. The notes are online. There's more notes than I preached. But all the notes are right on our front page. Just click on it. Boom. They'll pop up. But uh, Lester Summerall. How many remember Lester Summerall? He was a broadcaster. He was a broadcast of football games. He said he used to travel around and, and hang out with the guys after. He said, I, after the game, I was the first one to the bar, last one to leave, and developed a horrible addiction. And he said that it was so bad, he went to the doctor, and he said, if you don't stop drinking, you're going to die. And he went, well, how am I going to do this? Well, you know, he went to a meeting, he accepted Jesus, and he went and got baptized. And Lester Summerall said, when I was baptized, I was absolutely, totally set free from alcoholism. I never had a desire for it. It was gone once and for all. When I went through the waters of baptism, it's like it was broken off my life forever. Amen. Amen. Uh, We had a fellow here got baptized. He called me up a week later. He said, Pastor, can I talk to you? I said, sure, sure. What's up? He said, I don't bite my nails. I went, well, that's good. He said, no, no, you don't understand. I mean, I, I don't bite my nails. I went, well, yeah, well, that's good. That's kind of gross, you know. He said, no, no, Pastor, ever since I was a little boy, I bit my nails so bad, all my hands, it was so embarrassing. I'd always hold my hands behind my back or in my pocket because I bit my nails so bad, my nails were a bloody mess. He said, but I realized ever since I went through the waters of baptism, I all of a sudden realized a week later, I've got to clip my nails. And I went, I've got to clip my nails. He said, I don't even know what it was, but I was totally set free from whatever was gnawing at me, whatever, whatever I was trying to soothe or calm in my life by biting my nails, I was totally delivered from it when I was baptized. I got so many other stories of that, but I got to wrap it up. All right, so we're going to start baptizing some folks right now. Can I pray for you right now? Can you just all bow your heads and just close your eyes? We're all praying. We're all praying. I want to ask you something. Listen, you know, the Bible, it's a personal command. It says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. Repent and be baptized, every one of you. Accept him. Open your heart to the gift of the Holy Spirit. Have you done that? Have you done that? Did you open your heart to restoration with your heavenly Father? Did you accept the gift of Jesus Christ where he's brought you into union with God himself and you've been brought into the family of God, absolutely baptized and brought into union with him? Have you ever just accepted him as your Savior and said, I believe what you're saying, preacher? And I, I want you to pray for me today because I want a part of that. Listen, if that's you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to count to three. I'm going to go one, two, three. When I do, if that's you right now, that's the Holy Spirit saying, come on home. Come on home. If that's you, when I count to three, would you put your hand up so I can see it? All right. It's just you, you and the Lord right now. You ready? One, two, three. Just put your hand up all the way up. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, you can put your hands down now. But I want to pray with you, all right? I'm going to pray with you. And we're all going to pray. So everybody's going to lift up their voice, and we're all going to pray. Are you ready? Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe through your death, your burial, and your resurrection, you gave me access to my Father. I receive you as my Lord and as my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for setting me free. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen.